26 of the Seize Us show. It's been a while. Um, I'll admit I've been slacking a little bit, but you know, I've just been a little busy. But I am back and I'm better than ever. I'm feeling rejuvenated. You know, it's towards the end of February, it's about to be March. Um, and you know, I just like to, you know, view each month as a milestone now. So I think I'm going in the right direction. I'm, you know, working, you know, a lot of things on the side. But like I said, you know, just trust the process and you're going to, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see the results soon. Um, you know, and it's just been a while. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, so uh, sorry for the wait, but you know, he is on the way. He is in the making right now. <laughs> but just to recap, you guys who didn't listen to episode 25, um, shout out to Wave Week for the graphics. It was fire. Um, you know, we were just talking about the Cavs disaster. It's just it's crazy how much so much, you know, has gone on since I recorded my last episode, you know. Now we have a new list Cavs team that, you know, me and my guests are definitely going to talk about. Uh, it's just crazy how things un- unwinded. You know, I, I had the Cavs not getting to the finals this year. Um, last time I was on here with one of my boys, the Clippers, you know, Blake Griffin was on the Clippers and they had beef. Uh, the whole Clippers team had beef with Chris Paul. And I remember Chris Paul was just trying to pull up on everybody with uh, Capella and J- James Harden. They think they goons and stuff. It was just crazy. So, uh, you know, uh, episode 25 was cool. Um, but like I said, we back. It's episode 26. Um, and this week I'm going to have a very special guest. One of my day ones, one of my homies, I, you know, met at... VCU, uh, you know, he just moved to Chi-Town. Um, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Mo Cobroma. Hey, what's good, guys? <laughs> what's good, Mo? How, how you living, man? How you living? How's the weather out there? Uh, it's very cold, man. Though it's uh, it's called the windy windy city, so um, it's pretty cold <laughs> out here. Uh, it's way too windy, but um, it's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I figure, I figure. I know, I know. It's been a big transition. Um, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, you you were an IT major, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. IT, IT major, right? Um, and you know, how was the transition? Just you know, going to a bigger city because you know, VCU, Richmond. You know, I've I've traveled you know a lot through the East Coast. Uh, you know, the Northeast and Southeast, and I've been to California a little bit, but I've never got to, you know, stop in Illinois, or, you know, yet, yet alone be in Chicago. So tell me the biggest transition and how's the city treating you? How's the nightlife? How's all that? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, I lived in the suburbs my whole life. So this is definitely a huge change for me. I mean, um, I, I don't mean drive, I take public transportation everywhere, which is very different. Um, I mean, I like the food around here. There's plenty of restaurants, plenty of choices, uh, plenty of culture. Um, I mean, the nightlife is great, man. Like the clubs end at um, around 4 a.m. here. So usually uh-huh. 
I'm us- in Virginia. It's usually at two AM, so that's different. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's it's been pretty cool. Um, I like the transition. Yeah, yeah, bet, bet. I know it's a lot of sights to see. I know you haven't even explored a lot of places yet, so um, that's definitely interesting. I definitely want to give you a visit, even if I come there for like two days. Like you know, come there like a Friday afternoon, then we you know just chill Friday and Saturday. I leave Sunday. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to make it out there though. Oh, for sure, man. I'll buy you a ticket, man. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll hold you to it if you if you're serious about that. If not, then I, then I can hold my own. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Uh, yeah, but ladies and gentlemen, for those of you guys who don't know, um, me and Mo met uh, when he stayed at Broad and Belvedere. Uh, some of my audience members may know Broad and Belvedere is one of the upperclassmen uh, student apartments at VCU. And, you know, I met Mo through, I think, a mutual friend, Mike. Um, and yeah. we just really kicked it off because, you know, we're both from Africa. Um, he's from Guinea, right? Guinea, right? Yes, sir. Guinea. Yeah, Guinea. Guinea. And I'm from <laughs> Liberia in West Africa. So, you know, it, it goes beyond that. Um, but more so importantly, um, I used to whoop his ass in 2K a lot. So uh, that's how we just bonded. So <laughs> so tell the world how I'm the GOAT, man. Please just do that. Hey, that's a damn lie, man. Yo, C knows who the GOAT is. Um, I mean, <laughs> he used to take L's all day, man. So... <laughs> Hey, like you told me back in the day, you're only as good as your last your last game when I finally figured you out with Kyrie. Hey, man, didn't I beat you like five times in a row the last time we played? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you had like the Spurs, man, so. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, let's, 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 let's get into these hot topics. You know, that's why I brought you up here, you know. Um, and before we even get to the hot topics, you know, All-Star Weekend just passed, uh, fun-filled weekend overall you know the celebrity game was friday and you know the the other uh rookies versus sophomores game went on that was pretty cool um but i mostly tuned in on saturday and sunday uh saturday skills challenge came up first i like how they you know reformatted things and it was basically uh you know the bigs against the, the bigs were on one side battling each other out and then the guards uh were on the other side battling each other out and joel Embiid, i believe almost got to the finals but he yeah. ended up losing and i think the winner was spencer dinwiddie i didn't even know who spencer dinwiddie was until this man <laughs> like was participating in the fucking uh and skills challenge, but he plays on the Brooklyn Nets and he, he seems like a pretty pretty solid guy. You know, I'm definitely gonna check the 2K range to see where he stands at. Um, then after that, uh, to recap you guys, there was a three-point contest. Uh, you know, it was a lot of people, Tobias Harris, Bradley Beal, um, Kyle Lowry, I believe, Clay Thompson, Devin Booker. Um, the list goes on and on. And you know, I had a bet with one of my friends on the side, and I was like, you know what? Paul George has been shooting pretty damn good this year, and I have him winning. Him or Clay, I have any both of those guys going against each other. Um, and Paul George was just clanking after clanking <laughs> after clanking, and I was just like, dude, like, are you okay? Like, it felt like the monsters took his powers or something, which is pretty crazy. Um, but you know, I was wrong, and you know, Devin the the the, the final three were Devin Booker, Clay, and Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris actually shocked me. I didn't know he could shoot, and he has a pretty pretty nice form. But, uh, you know, Devin Booker ended up winning, which was crazy. So that was dope. Um, dunk contest was okay. You know, uh, Larry Nance Jr., Donovan Mitchell, uh, Dennis Smith. Uh, it was 
it was a pretty good dunk contest. Um, I feel like now with the dunk contest is this you can only do but so much with dunks. So it's like everything I see now these past couple of years is nothing that I haven't seen before. Um, but it's still cool, you know, the experience there itself. Like you have Victor Oladipo who also participated in there. Um, you know, he paid homage to um, Chadwick Boseman, who plays the Black Panther. Um, and he basically, like, tried to dunk with the mask on, the Black Panther mask on. It was pretty cool. Larry Nance Jr. brought out his dad and had the old uh, his old uh, jersey on and emulated the same dunk he did. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell tried to emulate Vince Carter. So they did, like, a lot of old-school dunks, which was pretty cool. Um, and Donovan Mitchell ended up winning. Um, and I tell you, man, that... That kid's gonna be a superstar. He's already turned low key, turned into a superstar, but the sky's the limit for him if he stays healthy. Like, just imagine, because they would have still had Gordon Hayward with Donovan Mitchell. That would have been crazy. Um, but, you know, moving on, All Star game was Sunday. Um, and, you know, it was Team Braun versus Team Steph. For my audience members who don't know, but I'm pretty sure most of you guys do know, um, you know, this year the format got changed. Normally it's, you know, the East versus West, but the way they changed it up this year, the top two vote getters from each conference, so the top vote getter from the West and the top vote getter from the East, got to select their starting five. And, you know, basically, the fans, the media, and the coaches voted for the starting five. And basically, the top two vote-getters from the East and West got to choose the team accordingly. But they had to choose from the starting five pool first. Then from there, the coaches elected the reserves. They chose from the reserves. So basically, it was Team Braun versus Team Steph. You know, you know, Braun always liked to stack his team. So that was pretty crazy. Um, but the game was great, man. Um you know, Team Braun ended up winning 148 to 145. Um, it was pretty good to see, you know, just people battling out, battling out, you know. People actually played defense from the jump, and it, and it, it was actually something good to watch. What were your thoughts on that, MoCo? Um, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I like the fact that it was a lot more competitive than, than it usually is. Um uh, you can even tell by some of the players' faces. Some of them was getting frustrated with the foul calls and everything. Um, and, uh, I mean, I really liked it. I liked the fact that the top two votes on each side were, uh, were able to pick up, you know, players. I felt like it bounces out because, obviously, the East is the weaker conference. Um, uh-huh. But, um, overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I know Steph got mad when um, LeBron got the MVP, but... I mean, he played like crap, so. <laughs> it seems like when it's the biggest moments that matter, Steph kind of shrinks, and we kind of saw that. Uh, you know, granted, it's an all-star game. You know, he still did finish with, he had a, I think he had only 11 points. It was like 4 of 11 from the field. I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing right now? Um, but, you know, his team, he did okay with picking his team. I mean, he had DeMar, DeRozan, Greek Freak, Joel Embiid, Harden. You know, Lillard, Laurie, Clay, Draymond, Cat, Al Horford. I mean, so it was solid. I already knew Team LeBron was going to win. I just, I just, they just more talented. And I feel like their yeah. chemistry was just better off jump. Um, you know, you had Kyrie, you had Russ, you had AD, you had KD, you had Paul George. Like, those are just to name a few. And it's crazy because DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Porzingis, 
and John Wall were all supposed to be on LeBron's team and they couldn't even play or Kevin Love either. I forgot about him. So it was just crazy how, you know, basically they had to put a few couple new players on the team. Uh, but like you said, it was very competitive. And and what I really liked about the format was it did bring that competitive nature back because last year and even the years before that, you know, it was just a dunk fest, literally no defense being played. It's kind of like, you know, when you have like a younger sibling or like a younger whatever, and y'all just like playing outside in the backyard, like no one like he he can't play no defense so you're just gonna score him every time so that's what it kind of felt like and i like the fact that they changed the format so it was pretty cool and another thing what i enjoyed about it was you know the east and west got mixed up you know um it's the all-star game it doesn't have to be team east versus team west anymore and i like how it kind of went back to his roots because you know growing up playing pickup basketball whatever you know yo you walk in the gym and you just be like yo who got next and then they be like okay they be like okay you trying to roll me or you trying to roll me or basically you shoot for captain. Then after you shoot for captain, first two that make it are the people that choose. So that was pretty dope. Um, and they're either, they're, they're possibly, I think that uh, KD was advocating actually, Mo. He was just like, yeah, basically like next year, what we should do is obviously we're going to know who the starters are and the reserves are, um, but don't choose the team until like before tip off. And they just going to be like in half court, basically choosing everyone in front of them i think that would be dope um but you know I'm, I'm not opposed to that uh because there's also a thing where they want to televise it next year so um on national television probably like on tnt or espn and i envision it like obviously it's going to be steph and Bron again because they're just the most popular players from each conference but i envision both of them being like at a podium and there's like a fake green screen in the background and they get to like pick the player so either way i think it's gonna be pretty dope what you think about the format um i mean i really like the format um um i think we should definitely continue doing this um and i really like what uh katie said about um you know picking teams right before the tip-offs um i feel like that would be a game changer for real so um yeah yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but what I really liked about Team Braun's team was, you know, he Braun brings people together. Um, and I think that's one thing that, you know, aside from his game, he's just a people's person and he's all about, um, you know, chemistry and communication. And I really love that about him. And when I say that, you know, he could have been petty and not pick Kyrie at all. Um, he picked Kyrie. Um, and, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, create – that quote-unquote fake news and, you know, try to put players against each other. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, Kyrie wanted to do what he wanted to do, and he just didn't want to play there anymore. That doesn't mean that you guys still can't maintain your friendship. It just means that you just want to change your culture. You want to change your work environment. There's nothing nothing wrong with doing what you want to do. So I like how he chose Kyrie. Um, And and you can just see All-Star Weekend, they were giggling, laughing. It just reminded me of old times, even though Kevin Love couldn't play. He has a little cast on his arm, but it just brought me memories. Um, And it's great because I I was actually with you in Game 7 when they won the championship for the first time for Cleveland. And, you know, Kevin Love had a crazy steal. LeBron had that historic, most memorable, memorable, you know, chase down block. Then Kyrie just ices it on Steph Curry. Like, it just brought back a lot of memories. (laughs) So 
that's one thing you can't take away from them is, you know, those battles they went through. And then also, Braun got to, you know, you put Russ and, and KD together, which was interesting. I thought going into it, like, that was one of the biggest things I wanted to say. I was like, all right, uh, because on NBA TV, um, they stream like their practices live and whatnot on Saturday, Saturday so the, the day before that. And I was like, ah, oh, is Russ going to be petty again? Like, because last year they were on the same team, but I was like, is he going to be petty again? They just don't talk at all. But it seems like, like we just, obviously, Russ was mad, but at the end of the day, Time heals everything, you know what I'm saying? And I think part of it, I think the fact there's been some time, you know, Russ had a kid and obviously he has new teammates and he truly believes he can compete with these guys. I think they were just like, yo, we're just making it bigger than it is. Like we've had history together. Like we we basically like have been on teams for damn near almost eight to ten years. So like, why let this little mini decision dictate everything, you know? Um, so it was just great to see them, you know, laughing. Russ was, like, running into him, and, and it just brought back memories, too. Uh, how you feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it was fun. Um, it was really good to see LeBron and Kyrie again, like you said, team up. Um, to be honest, I think they're one of my favorite duo of all time, so I really miss Kyrie. <laughs> Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, and with Russ and KB, I mean, I know they had the little beef thing going on, but you know, I'm glad that they, they're cool again. Um, but overall, I mean, it was, it was fun. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, it was just dope. <laughs> A couple take takeaways I saw, uh, Joel Embiid is dominant as hell. There was a sequence <laughs> where LeBron was playing the five and <laughs> he was trying to guard a beat and I was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you can't mm-hmm. stop that, man. Um, it showed me that. Showed me that Damian Lillard, you know, he's always that guy that, you know, gets criticized. He came out and did his thing. So I love that. Um, also showed me that when it's crunch time, that people like Steph Curry and Harden be choking a little bit. I'm like, yo, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? So just... It, yeah, yeah, I don't know <laughs> And it was cool Like like I said I like how they were Just competitive Because I remember There was a sequence um, Going mm-hmm. into halftime And I think Russ Kyrie And Paul George Had like a full court press And I think they made Either Harden Or Curry Or whoever Turned the ball over And like they laid it out I was like Oh shoot Like they actually Trying to win this for real And it was just dope um, <laughs> It was just It was just a perfect Like Cinderella story Because you know, I was about to say Cleveland. Team LeBron was down 13 in the fourth quarter, and they just came back and and they did their thing. It was, it was just pretty good to see, you know, KD get that last laugh on Curry. So it was pretty dope. <laughs> so you know, I, sure. I definitely think you know from here on out, um, it's definitely gonna they, they they definitely set the bar, and I think it's you know it's gonna be a a, a, a nice treat for us, you know, moving on, moving on out from here. So that's dope. You know, uh, I just want to talk a little bit, spend a couple minutes on this. Uh, you know, Porzingis got hurt, um, tore his ACL. Um, so, you know, that's always a bummer. Um, cause I know ACL injuries, injuries in general are just hard to come by. And I can only imagine what he's going through physically and mentally. Um, but, you know, it's it's 2018 and, you know, doctors are better than ever. Technology is better than ever. Medicine is better than ever. So I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to come back full strength. 
Um, you know, you've seen people like Adrian Peterson, um, Jabari Parker, uh, you know, Russ Torres Meniscus. Um, there's there's been players who have gotten hurt before and they've been able to come back. Um, luckily for Porzingis, um, he he's not that type of player like a Derrick Rose per se, where he relies heavily on his speed and his athleticism and his agility and his quickness. Um, so I feel like a player like D Rose, he's always like shifting his body, turning, doing like different lateral movements and all that and whatnot. I feel like that takes more of a wear and tear. And the fact he's a jumper, that takes a lot of wear and tear on your body. Um, I feel like a player like Porzingis, I think it won't really take away from his game. And like I said, I think he's going to be back better than ever. Um, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise. You know, I thought they were going to try to get an eight seed this year, but. You know, since he's not there, maybe they can luck up and get a good draft pick and probably try to attract a free agent. What do you think? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, one uh, Porzingis. I mean, that's like the athletic Dirk Nowitzki. Um, I mean, I really love his game. Uh, he could shoot. He could pass the ball. He could make plays. He could dunk. Um, I mean, I think uh, New York. I mean, they should just focus on just building their team right now. I mean, Porzingis, I feel like he's going to be back and even better than he was. Uh, so. Hey, man, we'll see. And, you know, even moving on from that, another injury I really wanted to talk about uh, was DeMarcus Cousins, man. Um, I think that injury, you know, got to me the most. Uh because yeah. one of my boys, Marcelo, he actually went to VCU uh, my freshman year, and he was only here for a year. He's from Sacramento. Um, I think one of his cousins or friends basically like helped manage Demarcus Cousins, so he had a pretty good, you know, relationship with Boogie Cousins. And it's crazy he was actually at the game when he got hurt, and it's just. It was just like a freak accident. Like it, it didn't even seem like he put that much pressure on his Achilles, but he tore that joint and he's going to be out for a while. Um, and you can just see when he, when he fell to the ground, his, he just mentally looked checked out. And I was just like, damn man, like he's one of the best bigs in the league. You know what I'm saying? So it just sucks because, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to work his ass off to get back to where he needs to be. But, you know, I can only be but so optimistic at the end of the day. It's his body. Um, he has to react good to rehabilitation, to surgery, to treatment. He has to take it seriously. At the end of the day, it's, everyone's body is different, so I don't know how he's going to react. Um, you know, based on some people who have hurt their Achilles, um, you know, Mike Conley, um, Kobe Bryant, um, even Rudy Gay, who's on the Spurs now, it seems like it's something that's never fully 100%. I feel like it's going to be something where I don't think he's going to I think he's going to play majority of the games throughout the season, but I think he's going to he's going to miss a few games due to soreness and whatnot. But um, I think he even had Achilles slight Achilles problems even before this major injury. So maybe he just at the, he just re aggravated it and it just took a toll on him. Um, but it's just it's just unfortunate, man. Um, how do you feel about Boogie's injury? Um, honestly, I was kind of sad to see him go down. I mean, uh, you know, Boogie, he's a monster, man. One of the best, I think he's the best center in the NBA, to be honest. Um, I mean, this guy can, 
he does it all. He can shoot, um, he can make plays. He's a great, great passer now. Um, and it sucks, man, because I really felt like the Pelicans were definitely going to make the playoffs. Uh, but now that he's gone, I mean, I don't know. The Clippers, the, I think they're right now in the eight yeah, seed. So I feel like the Clippers might, yeah, I feel like the Clippers might have been past them. So, um, but I mean, hopefully he makes a quick recovery. I mean, like I said, he's one of the best, he's the best center in the NBA. So, I really would like to, you know, see him play again. For sure, for sure, for sure. Like you said, they are in the eighth seed in the West right now. They're currently standing at 31 and 26. Um, and the Clippers are 30 and 26. So they're just, you know, half game behind them. Um, and just crazy because we've never seen two dominant bigs as teammates in their prime, both averaging damn near 25 and 10 together. Like that's that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I thought the like the modern day. I guess these last couple of years, I thought the best like two bigs together was like Zach Randolph and Marcus all together back then, back when Memphis was competitive. <laughs> um, but this is just a whole nother level, and not even close. <laughs> right now even close. This is just <laughs> like them taking them going super Saiyan or some shit. Uh, but it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis was. Uh, I think he had to sit down with uh, Rachel Nichols. Um, and he was just like, you know, we we could have gone through the playoffs, you know, no one could really stop us as bigs. And he was banking on going to the finals because no one can stop him. So it was just crazy because I felt mm-hmm. like they were actually starting to figure it out. And who knows? Maybe they could have damn near won 50 games this year. So, you know, <laughs> um, it just sucks because I think he still has three years left on his contract. And I think after this year, Boogie's going to be a free agent. So I just wonder how Boogie's whole free agency is going to go about. And then again, it's like, you know, obviously they've only had less than a year playing together. But it's just like AD just got, you know, finally had another superstar with them. So, you know, gave him hope, gave the team hope. Um, And it's just now it's going back to his old ways where he has to carry that load, carry that load. And it's just kind of reminded me of like a... You know, a KG before he went to Boston or just T-Mac been damn near his whole career, you know, always having to do stuff by yourself. And that just takes a toll on your body. So I just hope he can stay durable because now, you know, like I said, both of them averaging 25 and 10. Now, just to compete, he's going to have to damn near score 35, 40 points a night. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, like you said, I don't think I mean, although 80s, you know, top five talent. I don't think without without Boogie, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. I mean, they, it, it could be a, a case, but I don't know. I think that ACD either goes to the Clippers or it goes to Utah because you know Utah is on an eleven game win streak. Donovan Mitchell is playing lights out as a as a rookie, um, and you know the Clippers with Lou Will and these new acquisitions and DeAndre Jordan actually making free throws, it gets a little interesting. So that's always something to look out for, man. Um, you know. Another topic I definitely sure. want to get into right now is, you know, I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, man. Um, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you guys who don't know, Kawhi Leonard uh, has some weird injury um, in his right quad, discomfort in his right quad. And basically, like, he missed the whole preseason. He only played about 9 to 12 games, I believe. I can't really remember how much. But... He basically, you know, got, I think, got 
re I think he got diagnosed a little differently. I think the Spurs, um, you know, training staff um, and, you know, health team or whatever you call it, they try to do the same rehab process as Tony Parker and they mistreated his rehab process. So he, although he was cleared to play when he got back, it, it was just a lot of discomfort after every game. Um, so he basically decided to say, yo, let's reevaluate this. Uh, what we're doing isn't right. And there's just been a lot of things going on. Um, there's been rumors. He's been having problems with the actual front office from San Antonio, which is kind of crazy because San Antonio is pretty a close knit culture. And I feel like they're one of the only few places where you can actually, you know, feel comfortable. And, you know, whenever you need something, always go to management. I feel like, it's, when I think of San Antonio, I, I, I don't only think of something that's so prestigious and so classic and so retro um, and, you know, that typical blue collar type style. But I just think of it as, you know, one big family, you know, so it's, it's just it's just crazy. Um, and, you know, Coach Pop asked, got asked by uh, one of the you know media people from media availability at the Spurs training facility. They're like, yo, like, are you? Are you going to come back? I mean, is Kawhi going to come back? And basically, Coach Pop, Coach Pop is just an interesting being because he either BSs or he just kind of like misleads you with answers <laughs> sometimes. But based on how he yeah. said what he said and what he actually said, it seems to me he's basically well. From what I've heard, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski, one of them of the NBA analysts, I you know like a lot and follow a lot on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. He quoted yesterday, for Leonard's return, the decision rests with his comfort level, managing the discomfort with the right quad. He's been long cleared to return. The final decision still remains with him. So he's already cleared by the, you know, training staff for San Antonio Spurs. But, you know, it it makes sense, you know, because I feel like at the end of the day, you know your body the best. The doctor can say something, but you can feel some you can feel some way completely different you know what i'm saying so during all-star break uh apparently he went to new york uh to get some second opinions so he went to a different doctor Uh, i'm not sure what the doctor said Uh, i think that information is disclosed but it's just you know just hearing that is just like damn like it has to be something bigger like a is it is it going to be a long-term effect for him? Is he is he not satisfied in San Antonio? Does he want to leave? Is he trying to send a message? Like I don't, I really don't know what is going on. And then you have people like an Isaiah Thomas, who obviously he was hurt, but the training staff um, and the health staff or whatever they they kind of misled him. And you know, through the playoffs last year, he basically gave his blood, sweat, and tears, and he ended up getting injured playing. Um, and Isaiah was like, if he can go back in time, he wouldn't even have played through the playoffs because not only did that mess up his chances of going to the finals with Cleveland and got him traded away, he lost some of his some of his, some of his athleticism. He's already five eight, so um, and it messed up his money too. So I, I don't even think he's going to get a max contract, you know. Um, so make wise considering that, like, yo, you know, Isaiah's been you know misled and you know basically some people are con- trying to you know rule him out looking at him as you know damaged goods so you know maybe it's best that you know i you know take a back seat you know sit the season out get fully healthy and come back um but even scotty pippen said on the jump today i was watching it, he was like 
you know, Sky Pippen said, I think he said his first or his second year when he was with the Bulls with MJ, he was like, he hurt his back real bad. And although the doctor said he was cleared to play, he mentally wasn't there yet. And he said he it may be a mental case with Kawhi where he just doesn't feel like he's ready yet. But whenever he's ready, he's going to be ready. And just going back into what I said about Coach Pop, um, Coach Pop was basically like, it's all Kawhi. Um, you know, we have about 20, like under 25 games left. So, you know, basically the way the what Pop was saying was, look, Kawhi is going to return when he wants to return. But basically, I don't want him to return too late when it's damn near like one week left in the season, because he, obviously that can mess up chemistry. Even if you're the best player, you know, you still need some games under you. You still need to develop that chemistry. So he's just like, dude, you either going to come now or you're not going to come back. Cause if you come back too late, you know, you're going to mess up the whole flow of everything. Um, which I disagree. I mean, if he's ready to come back, he's ready to come back. He's still top five player in the NBA. Um, so, I mean, I guess it just really depends. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to see, you know, he told the, he told, you know, some of the reporters to basically the way he's preparing the team, you know, without he basically preparing their team without Kawhi. So basically he's just like, yo, like just pretend he's never on our team. Like that's how we're going to play for the rest of the season. Because if we keep thinking he's going to come back, then that's going to basically make us weak. That's going to like kind of distract us. So I think it could be a blessing in disguise. I'm not going to, you know, ruin it or anything but you know by them having that mindset and if he does get integrated back into the system with the LaMarcus Aldridge that's you know playing at an all-star level he's an all-star this year we could be that team to make a dark horse but for now I don't like to really predict the future so I'm just gonna you know live in the moment (laughs) what are your whole thoughts on Kawhi (sighs) man I mean it really sucks to see him go down I mean Kawhi Leonard, man. I mean, I think he's the best two-way player in the NBA. Definitely top three overall. Um, I mean, I think the best thing for him right now is to just, um, you know, sit out the season until he gets fully healthy and not take any chances. I mean, he's still young. He's only 26. Uh, so, you know, I really believe that he should just, you know, sit out and just come ready and, and fresh next year. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like we said, it's just the weighing game. Um, it just sucks, man. Um, sometimes I be, I, sometimes I be thinking like today, I was just at work, just thinking, I'm like, damn, yo, are we like, are, are me and Kawhi Leonard just like spiritually connected? When I say that, is it if, if I if I do something bad, <laughs> does it affect him too? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'd be like, yo, like, yo, Kawhi, if you come back, I promise I won't do this and that no more, please. It's like, just picture, because your favorite player is LeBron. Like, just picture LeBron being gone for the whole season. Like, although I'm a diehard Spurs fan, it's still not yeah. the same watching my team fully at full strength. Damn near not with our, our franchise players. So, you know, I've still been watching, you know, the game from afar. You know, we still have that good system intact and pretty solid players. Um, you know, we're I know it's the Warriors slogan, strength in numbers, but I think we're the original strength in numbers. Um, you know, we always are mentally prepared. We have the best coach um, and training staff. So, you know, we're going to get to the playoffs, but 
I don't think we without Kawhi. That's a first round exit unless we like match up with the Blazers the first round. So Kawhi, like Mo said, yeah. you know, trust the process, and you know, if you have to wait out this year, wait out. But if you truly feel like you're ready, then go. But just don't risk it all. You know. Um, just moving on from that, you know, I know you're excited now. The new look calves. <laughs> so before we get into it, I'm, I'm gonna let you talk about it a little bit, but let me just recap. So you guys got rid of Derrick Rose. You guys got rid of Jay Crowder. You right. guys got rid of Isaiah Thomas. You guys got rid of, rid of D. Wade. And you brought in some new talent. You brought in Jordan Clarkson. You brought in George Hill. You brought in Larry Nance Jr. And you brought in Rodney Hood. Um, what are your thoughts on the new look Cavs, man? Man, I love it, man. I mean, I think by getting those guys, we got a lot younger, um, got faster. Um, you know, they're playing in a new environment. Um so I feel like we're even going to get better defensively. Uh, LeBron got his playmakers. Um, I know. I mean, I think one of my favorite players that came in is a Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he's just he's a straight scorer, man. Um, he's definitely going to help out LeBron a lot. Um, I definitely think that Rodney Hood should start over J.R. Smith, uh, just because he's been playing like trash um, this entire season. But <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe this is a better fit for them now with him coming off the bench. Um, because if you look at the last two games, it seemed like the bench was the main factor in the in the two wins they had. Um, but I mean, overall, I, I love it, and I, I definitely believe that we're gonna make the uh, the finals for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about winning against the Warriors or the Rockets or whoever comes out, but I know for sure that we're gonna make the finals. Yeah, barring any injuries, um, I have you guys going to the finals as well. Uh, you know, before that, I had the Celtics as a deadlock. If you guys had that old team you had constructed, mm-hmm. I think y'all would have got bounced out the second round because defense was crazy. So the main takeaway I've seen, even though it's been a small sample size, you guys got more young. You guys got more athletic. You guys got more length. You know, For sure. Clarkson's, what, 6'4", 6'5". George Hill's like 6'3". Larry Nance Jr. 6'10". Rodney Hood's 6'8". That's yeah. the one that surprised me the most. I did not know Rodney Hood was 6'8". Hey, he's um, tough, man. <laughs> so you got young athletic players. You know, George Hill can guard the one and the two. Rodney Hill can probably guard like three positions. Larry Nance can, you know, help guard your four and five. And Clarkson's just that energizer bunny who can get buckets, you know. One of my favorite teams to play on used to be the Lakers. And part of it, like, my leading score was always Jordan Clarkson. So he got that dog mentality like a Russell Westbrook where he's – no one's going to tell him nothing. He's just going to go out there and hoop. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is the best depth that LeBron has has had. Um, And, you know, I feel like with D. Rose, like, it's one of my favorite players – you know, of all time, just what he did for that city in Chicago. I just been following him since he was in Memphis, but he's done. Um, his career's basically over, and I just feel like, yeah, he had his flashes where he looked good. And D Rose is the type of player, like, I know what he can do athletically, I know what he's done in the past. He can still contribute, but the thing is, he's not durable anymore. Um, 
and you have another and you have a guy who just goes missing at times you know granted he he left once in New York then he took a little hiatus from the Cavs it's just like yo can I count on you when when I need you the most can you stay healthy can I count on you to be there with me when I when you know when it's game time so that his defense isn't that good Jay Crowder um, you know, to most people, I'm not going to say it myself, but most people thought he's always been overrated and he was only good because he was in the Boston system. Um, Isaiah Thomas, who came from that hip injury, you know, thinking he's going to score 30 points, too much pride, had to get <laughs> had to get shipped out. D-Wade, D-Wade did it. D-Wade was probably the best acquisition, honestly, from that whole group. Um, I understand why he they left because... You know, they were bringing in younger talent. And at the same time, there was rumors saying that, you know, with D-Way being there, LeBron James wasn't as involved with the rest of his teammates because they were such best friends. So they had to get rid of him in the locker room. So, I mean, that makes sense. But like I said, this this Cavs team, they're actually fun to watch again. Um, and, 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 And when LeBron comes out, you have a playmaker and like you said, a playmaker in Clarkson who can really run that second unit. So I'm really, really liking this team. And it's, it's going to take a while uh, for them to, you know, get to where they need to be. But they're definitely in the right direction now. And I actually think they have a competitive advantage against other teams because a lot of these other teams in the NBA, um, you know, they've played each other, you know, at least two times. So, you know, players' tendencies, you know how they play as a unit, you know what sets, what, what, what sets they run and whatnot. But the fact that there's four new players to the whole mix, um, a lot of teams aren't going to be as well prepared for them. So I think, you know, we're going to see them lose like a minimum of like four or five games this last stretch of the season. And like you said, man, I got them going to the finals. The only way I don't have them going to the finals is if Gordon Hayward comes back, I think that just changes the whole landscape. Um, so that's my only bet. Other than that, the Celtics, the main thing with the Celtics is they have great defense, but they just can't score consistently. So if you have another player, a 25 and like three player in Gordon Hayward, you know, that's going to help you a lot. Um, but we're just going to see with that. I still don't have any, I don't have any faith in Toronto. Um, I mean, I know they're number one in the East right now, but they're fool's gold to me still, and they're going to be fool's gold for me forever until they actually prove that they can win in the postseason. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any any threats really to the Cavs right now. Um, it's looking like they they got another you know another easy one to the finals again. <laughs> now, my question for you is: Will LeBron leave? If they lose, uh, um, I mean that's tough, man. I, um, but then again, I mean I don't think that LeBron's gonna leave. Um, I really believe that he's gonna, you know, finish his career in Cleveland. Uh, I mean that's home for him. Um, I think that's where he wants to be, um, and I think he's just gonna stay there and just keep building their team and um, try to, you know, compete for a championship every year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think he's gonna stay, and I hope not. I mean, I don't think he's gonna leave, and I hope he stays for sure. Well, my whole thing is, ideally, he wants to stay there. He's the most comfortable there. He's 
he's built a foundation. He's generated so much money. He's putting kids in college. His his kids are going to school there. His family's there. His best friends are there. So it's natural, you know, that he ideally would want to stay there. But at the same time, he is the ultimate competitor, you know, and he wants to win championships. He wants to, between now and when he retires, he only wants to compete for championships. So I think there's going to be a condition where he does stay. A, if he wins the finals and he beats the Warriors or whoever comes out of the West, if you if you can win with this team, you're damn right. You keep that same team. You keep that continuity. You got these young players who are hungry. Um, if he loses, there's only one condition he'll stay if he loses. If it's a damn near competitive game and it goes six, seven games and it's like that type of series that can go either way when it's clearly not a super favorite like last year, like it was 4-1, like we knew. You know what I'm saying? But if it's like something where it's like 1-1 and they tie and it's like, you know, 2-2 and then, it, you know, Golden State win the last two, something like that. If it's competitive, then I think he's going to stay. <clears throat> but like I said, only time will tell, man. Only time will tell. Uh, you know, moving on, Golden State Warriors. Uh, <laughs> before the All-Star break, Steve Kerr had them coaching. Um, against Phoenix and I think they blew out Phoenix by 40 points which was crazy damn near disgrace to the NBA but a lot of people got stirred in the wrong way saying it was disrespectful Um, and my whole thing was like yo Steve Kerr has a point like you know you can't be complacent you know with the same approach you have coaching you know maybe it's good for them to switch up the style every now and then and let the players be in control because at the end of the day the coach can say but only so much the players have to go out there and execute so um i think it's fine because you know there's been times where you know i've seen lebron literally yell at coach lou and Kyrie and whatnot in the huddle like trying to draw up a play so i think it's fine i don't think it's really that much of a big deal um i think they just got mad because it was phoenix and happened they lose by 40 and they were thinking like oh if you play like against the thunder or you play against the rockets none of this would happen but i think he just wanted to you know find a way for them to you know get the juices flowing what do you feel about that um, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I mean, I mean, why not? They're the best team in the NBA. They're most likely going to get in the finals again. Um, I mean, as long as they're winning, I mean, why not reward them by, you know, letting them play, and, you know, call out their own play sometimes in games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with it at all. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, man, who are the, who's the Warriors' biggest threat, man? Who, who do you think? Why? <laughs> In the West. Right. Um, so, if I had to choose, I would say OKC. Um, I mean, I like what the Rockets have with uh, Chris Paul and James Harden, but I do believe that OKC has more power, super superstar power. I mean, they have three players that can average 20-plus a game. Um, and, uh, I mean, we, I think they played, what, twice this season is it twice, twice? And i think they blew them out twice yeah blew them out twice i mean that right there just proved that they're ready they're hungry and they want to beat this team i mean russ wants kb uh so i mean so yeah i mean i think the i think okc is definitely the, um the biggest threat 
to Golden State. What? Not the Rockets? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the way they're playing. They're winning. But like I said, um, when you look at OKC, they have three superstars. And, um, and I feel like they're just hungrier. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I would say OKC. Um, but I think Roberson's injury is really going to show in the playoffs, especially when you need someone, you know, to, you know, help guard Clay and help guard uh, uh, Kevin Durant. Um, I think that's that presence is definitely going to be felt. Um, but it just really depends because first game, you know, they're fully healthy. They, they watched them. Second game, they beat them at home. Uh, I think by like damn near twenty, and it was I think it was with, without Roberson and without without Melo because Melo hurt his ankle in the first quarter. So I don't know, man. They may be like I said, you, like I, like like you said, they are the hungriest. But I just feel like Roberson really may be missed. But I could be wrong. But for right now, I'm gonna say Houston because okay. I think they're hungry. Their GM says all they care about is Golden State. Like they're salivating at the. Salivating out their mouth against Golden State. I just think with James Harden and Chris Paul, with Mike D'Antoni, with them playing better defense, with that depth, and the fact that to beat Golden State, you have to outscore them. I think they may have what it takes this year, um, but I just have to see what Chris Paul and I have to see what James Harden do in crunch time. Maybe with them together, they balance each other out and they don't make that much mistakes, but stuff gets slowed down in the playoffs, so you know, it's going to be a lot of close games in the fourth quarter. And I just feel like at the end of the day, although they could be the biggest threat, I just feel like Golden State is going to be better at closing out the games. Um, yeah, I definitely have. I definitely think that Golden State is going to come out the West for sure. Um, I mean, but yeah. But like I said, in a perfect world, it would be dope if Kawhi came back the last like 10, 15 games. <laughs> that would be yeah, that, yeah. that would probably be the scariest thing. That would probably be the scariest thing with the, with the Rudy Gay I mean, and the Marcus, but that's just you won't be fully healthy, bro. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just me wishing. But who knows? Maybe a few episodes from now, when it hits playoffs, I, I might you know speak this into existence. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about today, um, yeah. So the commissioner came out with another new idea, possibly you know teasing you know the fact of. You know, rechanging the whole format for the playoffs. And when I say this, you know, typically it's the East versus West. Um, and it's the top eight, you know, teams from the East versus the top eight teams from the West. Not versus each other, but the top eight teams are categorized. So the one C plays the eight C, the two C plays the seven C, the three plays the three C plays the six C, the fourth plays the fifth within each conference and they battle out. And typically the better team plays the better team in the other conference. Um, but a lot of people are saying, you know, the East is kind of trash. LeBron kind of gets cakewalks to the conference finals. The East is just not as exciting. So let's switch it up a little bit. Let's let's have this new idea where, yes, we do still keep the East and West, but let's get the top eight teams from the East, top eight teams from the West. Once the playoffs is oh, once the playoffs start, you reseed them. So eight, the top eight teams from the West, top eight teams from the East. That's 16 teams. And then from those 16 teams, you disregard them being in the East and West and you just look at their record and then you just place them again. So that would be ridiculous. Um, 
you have some East teams playing the West. Um, you could potentially see who actually are the best two teams playing each other. You won't have a lopsided finals. So uh, a lot of people always say, oh, the Western Conference Finals is always like the real finals. Um, I think it will be exciting. Uh, LeBron disagreed. <laughs> he came into the media the other day. He was just like, uh, basically, you know, the East has won since I've been here. The East has won a, a pretty good amount of championships. He said, "You have me. I, won, I, I basically won three. DUA won one, and Detroit won one. So that was like five different instances where they won. Um, but I just think since like early 2000s, the West has just been more dominant. You know, you have Shaq and Kobe with the three peat. You got the Spurs." They won about, I think, four. Um, then you had the Mavericks who snuck and got one. Golden State got two. So uh, I, I, I would say I would love to see it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't go through. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Wait, so what do you mean by receding? Like, are you saying, like, so the number one team would be playing the number two team and then three would be playing four? Like, is that... No, so... So when I say um, that, so picture this, right? The two, mm-hmm. if you took away the East and the West, right? No, so the, the, let me let me try to explain it the best way possible. So let's say the, if the playoffs ended today, right? Mm-hmm. Toronto would be one, Boston would be two, Cleveland three, Washington four, Indiana five, uh, Milwaukee six. And then so on and so on. Then you got in the West, you got Rockets number one seed, Gold State number two seed, San Antonio three, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if the season ended today, picture the top eight teams from the East, top eight teams from the West, right? Now picture them combining all those teams together. So you take away the East and West once the playoffs start, and they seed it by their record. So there'll be two different sides. So picture like an NCAA The Rockets will be on the number one seed on the right side, and the Golden State will be on the number two seed on the left side, based on their record, and then just <laughs> fill it out like that. So it could be a case where uh, East plays a West team, so in the first round, so it's really crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. That's just really weird to me. Um, can you just imagine? Sorry, I mean, but can you just imagine like OKC playing <laughs> the Warriors in the finals? Like Russ versus KD, like that would be dope. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think I like it. It's just, I'm not used to seeing that. Um, I think the way, they should just keep it the way it is, where, you know, the first seed plays the eighth seed, the second the se- plays the seventh seed. I, I think I like that a whole lot more. So, I mean, Yeah, we'll see. Um, it just really depends on LeBron because LeBron brings in the most revenue for the East. You know, you take LeBron from the East, no one's going to really watch that many games. I mean, you know, Toronto's okay. Philadelphia is still young. Milwaukee still hasn't figured it out yet. Washington's all the way up and down. So, I mean, Boston's kind of exciting, but LeBron brings in the money for these TV deals. And I think the only way, I think this will happen for one instance, and I said this many, many episodes ago, maybe like my sixth or seventh episode or tenth episode, I really don't remember. But I said the only way they will reseed the playoffs is if LeBron decides to leave the East and go to a team like the Lakers or the Rockets. Because if he goes away from the East, it's damn near like, like a destroyer yeah, plan. Uh, yeah. So that's 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 my whole conspiracy sure. with that. <laughs> but I mean, um, a, a lot of people are also arguing too, you know, 
scheduling conflicts. Picture you being Golden State and you first round you have to get matched up with, you know, the Wizards. Although, you know, it's two games, you know, uh, at home and two games away. Just flying back and forth is just going to be very exhausting and put a t- and take a toll on players and scheduling like with TV. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely something they have to sit down at the table and think about. But, I mean, I'll definitely entertain the idea and I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because the West is a dogfight, you know, and if we can get teams like different teams matched up, you got to take teams more serious now, even in the regular season. And I think it will help with not. Yeah. I think it will help with tanking too. I don't think a lot of teams will tank as much. Mm. But <laughs> yeah, if if LeBron were to go less, then I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that because the East will be a whole lot more. It will be just more like, to watch. Like it won't be being open. Anything can happen. But then again, yeah. if he goes to the That's West. True. There's no competition if a team, unless the Celtics like get Gordon Hayward back and you know Tatum and and Brown like develop into stars like how I think they will. I mean they're probably going to be the beast of the East now, but like if you take away LeBron and it's anyone's like you know chance to take it, I still think the West is just going to slaughter the East. Whoever whoever gets out the West is going to slaughter the East team. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. For sure, for sure, man, but. That is it. That's a wrap on today's episode. Mo, thanks. Um, thanks for thanks for being on the show, man. Any 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 last words you want to say? Um, I mean, just uh, you know, I mean, thanks for having me, man. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You awkward ass. <laughs> no, nah, man, it was great having you, man. Like I said, I'm definitely gonna visit you. Uh, you know, one of these days, go up to Chicago. We can, you know talk some basketball play some 2k and you know turn up a little bit i'm definitely looking forward to that um i know that city has a lot to offer and i'm definitely i know they 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 you know they definitely you know called the windy city for a reason and i'm definitely not going to be there when it's still windy (laughs) i'm definitely wait for that weather to you know simmer down a little bit you know but for sure, man. I'm like I said, man. I got you with the ticket, but definitely come out here and just you know experience, man. And definitely come in the spring or summertime, man, because the winters here are brutal. <laughs> I bet, man. Gotta have a damn near mask on my face, just walking around and stuff, walking backwards because <laughs> it's so cold. Right. <laughs> but all right, man. It was great having you. Uh, thanks for, for having show, me, man. For show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 26 of the Caesar Show. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to follow me on all forms of social media at Sir Caesars. That's S-I-R-S-E-E-Z-U-S. I'm available on SoundCloud. I'm available on iTunes Podcast. So make sure you subscribe on both. Leave a stellar comment and, you know, spread the love. I'm out.